Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you ready to die, Tom Heinberg? Are you ready to die? Hell yeah, Z. Then you're in the right country for that shit, Tom Heinberg, because this is the best country in the developed world to die young in. I was born to die. Was that a Lady Gaga album? Because it should have been if it wasn't. Uh, what's up, Z-Pack? It's your boy, Z-Dog MD, and the whole crew. We are live and direct out of Studio Z with an episode of Against Medical Advice. Against Medical Advice is our more fancier show, don't you think, Tom Heineberg? It's the most fancy. It's like when you're walking down the mustard aisle, and there's like regular mustard, and then there's stone ground, and then there's Dijon, and then there's that brown, spicy brown, you know? There's that mustard with the horseradish in it. There's a lot of different kinds of mustards in the grocery stores, eh? So this is the part where Dr. Oz rolls up in a limo, rolls down his window and says, would you have some Grey Poupon? At which point I say, you are a corporate shill. And then roll my window up slowly and awkwardly to where it actually catches my finger and injures my distal phalanges. Anyways, guys, so speaking of injuries, the news came out uh, today or yesterday that we are dying the best in the world. We made right. America- number one. Number one. USA. Number USA. One. USA. So, USA. Remember uh, the Iron Sheik in the old WWF wrestling? I wasn't alive then, but yes, I've I heard tell. hate you so I've much, Tom Heineber. He, he would say, e, USA, two, Iran number one. Iran may actually beat us on life expectancy at this point because the news came out that U.S. life expectancy has declined for a second year in a row. Oh, snap, son. Now, I hate losing. Feels yeah, very un-American. You know what? We made, we made America great again at dying. You know what? We left uh, our keys up in the lunar rover. You know why? Because no one else is going back up no there. No one's going to get them. Mm -mm. We were like, <laughs> put them in there, fly back. Because it's like, well, who's going to come here? The Chinese? Oh, hell no. They're just going to copy our lunar craft <laughs> and make it 30% better and then land here faster. Uh, anyways, it turns out that this is kind of not without precedent. The last time we had a two-year-in-a-row life expectancy drop was 1962 to 1963, and that was secondary to an influenza epidemic that killed a whole bunch of people. The last time we had, the most proximal time we had a life expectancy drop even over one year in the U.S., because as you guys know, we've been kicking ass on life expectancy throughout the world, been rising year after year in America and the developed world, et cetera. Now, we lag the rest of the developed, developed world, but 1993, we had a life expectancy drop due to a little something we like to call HIV. And that's, uh-huh, mm-hmm, the thing that Tom probably created in conjunction with the government to keep poor people down. That's not true. Listen, I didn't want to have sex with that monkey. The government made me do it, Z. Well, the government flew you into the, into the Congo. Africa, yeah. That's right, Z, they did. <laughs> and they, they forced you to have sex with a monkey. 
<laughs> you know, somehow I find this plausible, more plausible than a an anti-vax ideology, actually. So All I gotta say is hashtag me too. <laughs> Tell him you were sexually harassed by the entire US government. <laughs> That's incredible, and a monkey. It's, it's, we call it tax season. <laughs> oh! Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> so this idea that, that life expectancy continues to rise in the U.S. was something we almost took for granted until last year when we found out that for the first time since 93, life expectancy declined year over year. At that time, it was attributed to a little something called the opioid epidemic. Now, they, there was a lot of sort of theorizing that that may have been a statistical glitch that would resolve because, again, two years in a row of declining life expectancy is kind of unheard of. Now, this is life expectancy measured at birth. So, so a child born into the world, how long are they expected on average to live? It's an actuarial Ooh. thing. Yes, See, sir. Question. How come when you're born, you're not 10 months old? It's actually a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that gets, that gets into the question of premature births, when do you start uh, sort of tagging? Like, are they, are they born at minus two months, right? That's the show, another show. Anyway, so <laughs> to life expectancy, the, the um, actuarial idea that you live a certain average amount declining two years in a row. Now this year, the data comes out, CDC releases the stuff. And actually, I wanna show you guys this. So let's go to the, to the Z-Dog cam, all right. This is Z-Dog's laptop cam. You see what the Z sees and we see, which is the CDC. Do you see what I did that? That was good. I did a whole, you know? That was good. I could have. <laughs> the CDC, the CDC. Okay, anyway, so if you look at at birth life expectancy for both sexes, 2015 is blue, 2016 is green. We have a 0.1 decline, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a decline in the life expectancy year over year for both sexes. Now, when you actually subdivide it, men had a, because we win everything, okay, had a 0.2 decline year over year from 76.3 to 76.1, this right here. Women stayed even, 81.1 both times. So this life expectancy drop is accentuated in men, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist in women because women might have expected an actual increase in life expectancy. Instead, they stayed even. So when you look at, um, this is where it gets really interesting, and this is where you can figure out why is this happening, partially, right? At age 65, okay, looking at age 65 and moving forward, life expectancy actually improves overall between both sexes by 0.1. And in men, it stays at 18. So you, if, you're, if you're 65 already, you have a life expectancy of 18 more years on average, right? If you're female, your life expectancy did go up by 0.1 if you're 65. So if you're already 65, you've dodged some kind of bullet and you can actually expect to live so many more years more. And that expectancy has actually gone up, at least for women and stayed even for men. So what the hell is going on with the average life expectancy at birth. Where are people dying? Older or younger? Tom Heinenberg. Younger. That's right, Mathwiz. Nailed it. He nailed it. Where's Waldo? I know where Waldo is. Right there. Um, also, I love that Christmas backdrop, guys. Thank you. It's very Christmas. It's putting here. me in the festive spirit. Mm -hmm. 
Festivus, the Slight, festival for the rest of us. Slightly snowing. Yep. Slightly more snowy than placebo. So it turns out that in the demographic uh, 18 to 54 years old, or 24 to 54 uh, to be, I think, more precise, we are seeing an increase in death rate. And the number three cause of death in the United States has been usurped. It used to be lower respiratory disease, AKA COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, asthma, diseases of the lungs. It is now accidental death, off which drug overdose is a component. Kind of the same thing, like lung shut down because of the overdose, right? I see what you did there, Tom Heinberg. Mm -hmm. It's fundamentally wrong. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Hell yeah. Uh, science. It, science. Hey, hey, hit me, Logan. Boom. Hit me, Logan. Science. Been wanting to do that for a few months now. Uh, so what we see is actually what the data shows is that overdose deaths from opioids and benzos and cocaine and methamphetamines are now the really part of the third leading cause of death. And it happens in this age demographic of, you know, 20s to 50s, which means uh, since they're dying younger, and let, let's unpack this for a second. Since these people are dying younger, it actually has a bigger influence on overall life expectancy. Because if you die when you're young, you have a bigger hit on the statistics of overall average life expectancy than if you're dying more when you're 70 or 80 right? Because of the nature of the math that you do to calculate life expectancy. So this big hit in younger people uh, is affecting the overall life expectancy. So our man-made opioid epidemic has caused life expectancy to decrease for two years in a row. Now, why do I say that? Because heart disease, cancer, lung disease, these are decreasing. Kidney disease, they are decreasing less than they used to, but they're still decreasing. So something's going on. Now you may ask, well, America has the best healthcare in the world. Why isn't it compensating and making our life expectancy longer? Well, it's because we have the most expensive healthcare in the world, but the healthcare system is only 10% of actual health in any given individual. Genetics, social situation, socioeconomic status, uh, relationships, built environment, those kind of things have a vastly bigger influence. And in this case, um, the healthcare system is never going to unwind the damage of all those other things. Drug abuse, so suicides have been rising, alcohol abuse, those kind of things, the sort of diseases of despair in the United States. So these sort of social determinants of health and, and, and outside of the healthcare system determinants of health are driving the life expectancy thing, but can we blame healthcare directly as well? Yeah, because who made the opioid epidemic? Tom Heineber. What? Tom Heineber, that's where I was getting with all this. From the beginning, we've been blaming the wrong people. We blame Big Pharma for pushing OxyContin and saying that opioids were safe and effective for pain in, in mild to moderate pain that doesn't really need them. We've blamed doctors for overprescribing. We've blamed patients for expecting a magic pill to cure everything. We've blamed CMS and JCO for mandating things like the, you know, pain is a fifth vital sign, which is insanity. Uh, but we really should have been blaming Tom Heineber because largely of the shirts that he wears. Listen, it wasn't me, people. It was just some other white guys that look like me because white guys do all the 
the crime. Speaking of white guys, it turns out white guys uh, suffered a pretty significant decrease in life expectancy, but the the death rate. So let's let's go through some of this real quick. Um, if you look at adjusted death rates for the population, so who's dying? I want to show you this. Uh, go to the inset cam there, uh, Logie. That's the wrong inset cam, although I'm adorable. <laughs> there it is. So if so this is age-adjusted death rate for for the population of the U.S. in 2015 and 2016. 2015 is blue. 2016 is green. If you look at overall death rates in the country, and that includes a lot of old people, that's why it doesn't necessarily completely correlate to life expectancy, which includes uh, you know, young people. The death rates predominantly happen in old people. You see it go from uh, 733.1 deaths per, what is it, per 100,000 to 728.8. So we've had a slight improvement in the death rate. However, black men are dying at a higher rate. Black women are dying at a slightly higher rate than they did in 2016. And I see, uh, what is it, white men are dying at a slightly lower rate, but they're still dying at a higher rate than black women or Hispanic men. So it isn't actually the highest privilege in the country to be a white man anymore, Tom Heineberg, because you're going to die more than a Hispanic man. It's really sad, Z. We used to have all the money and land, and we still do, but it's not as fun now. It's less fun because you don't get to keep it long. You get to keep it like 0.12% less than you did. Um, so that being said, it's kind of interesting. So, you know, again, there are racial disparities. There are sex disparities. Now, some of the sex disparities come down to, again, social determinants of health, uh, aggressive behavior, testosterone, heart disease, which is more prevalent in, in men. There are hormonal differences, et cetera. But then there are societal differences. So why are black men dying at a higher rate? Right. So you think about the social determinants of health, the environment, those kind of things, socioeconomic stuff. Um, uh, when you look at all this, you still dig out. If you look at the actual uh, death rates here, let's go to this slide. So look at this. Heart disease has been dropping year over year. Cancer has been dropping. Unintentional injuries, which include drug overdose. They should relabel that one. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. This is the hold my beer tab. Right. Hey, bro, hold my <laughs> Dead. Uh, that's what we do here, people. We make really bad jokes about serious topics like death. Chronic lower respiratory disease, which used to be the reigning champion at three, is now down to four. Now, why? Because, oh, by the way, just a side note, infant mortality remained the same, which is still abysmally bad for the developed world. We have a criminally bad maternal mortality and infant mortality rate in this country compared to other developed uh, countries. And again, it's a, it's a testament to the social determinants of health, but also the fact that our healthcare system is fragmented, um, uh, inequitable. There's a lot of reasons. We, talk, we did a show on this. Um, uh, and then this is the point where Logan calls me a communist. Um, now, let's see. So drug overdose rates, they have increased basically... 21% higher than the rate in 2015. So that is ridiculous year over year. And then they're three times the rate they were in 1999. So people who are like, there's no opioid epidemic, we're chronic pain patients, and you guys are making this up to make us suffer, you're high, probably literally high on drugs because this is a real phenomenon. Now the question is, we're, we're delayed, right? So 2015, 2016. 
prescription rates for opioids have been declining year over year. So we're actually seeing improvement in actual prescription numbers for opioids and dosages. But what we are seeing is an increase in the number of pills dispensed. So you get less prescriptions, but that prescription will be for more pills, right? So I think what's happening is you're starting to see awareness. You're seeing the pendulum swing the, swing the other way, and we're seeing a delayed um, effect on life expectancy. So it might be that we'll see an improvement in the next study, or it might be that we see three years in a row of declining rates. West Virginia, by the way, is the number one by far opioid death overdose uh, capital of the U.S. Oh, yeah. Followed by New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. And uh, somewhere else, which Appal I forget. Appalachia, son. Hey, baby. Oh, District mm -hmm. of Columbia. My, my peeps in D.C. and Pennsylvania, pretty high, pretty high, literally and figuratively as far as the rate. Um, so that all being said, what's interesting, too, is take a look at this. Um, Wait, we got a question, Z. Yeah, give me a question. Jennifer Smith asks, if you're a man and become a woman, then do you live longer? <laughs> you know, it's funny. You assholes are <laughs> laughing over there, and I'm like, this is probably one of the better questions that I've ever been asked. I've actually heard this before. Yeah. I yeah. don't know the answer to that. If Z-Packers know, please leave it in the comments or share us articles that show that data because the, the tricky part is... In the transgender community, there's a lot of other social determinants of health that might affect life expectancy adversely. So the hormonal milieu of somebody who is transitioning might be offset by all the social stigma and the other things that happen with uh, that process. So that's, an, that's, a, that's a subject of something we ought to look at. So great question. Who, that, who asked it? That was a woke-ass answer. It was, yeah, was woke. A, I think it was Jennifer. Jennifer, you're woke too for asking the question, Jennifer. Look at this chart. Okay, this is prescribing trends, all opioids. Look what's going on. So this is, actually this is um, the rate of death from different types of drugs. This purple line is natural and semi-synthetic opioids, morphine, you know, heroin, et cetera. Then you've got, no, sorry, heroin is this blue line. It's gone through the roof. Right, as people are transitioning from the prescription drugs to the cheaper street available heroin. Look at synthetic opioids. Bup, 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 bup. Fentanyl, carfentanyl, other synthetic, synthetic opioids. Cocaine. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, but it hasn't done shit. Damn. Really? But look at synthetic opioids. So this was one of the bigger causes of death in, uh, in 2016 because you have carfentanyl, fentanyl, and people around the country and EMS and frontline providers have seen this firsthand. So the summary of this, we're screwed. I'm out. No, the, su the summary of this is this is a preventable, fixable, manageable decrease in our life expectancy that we ought to be addressing with a multi-pronged approach that we've talked about in other shows, treatment, medical treatment of opioid addiction, which has some stigma in the treatment community and in the other community, destigmatizing addiction and treating it as a disease, which I know gets controversial, but I'm gonna stand by that because I think it's necessary to reducing the death rate and making America great again at being alive. Um, and changing our prescribing patterns without leaving chronic disease patients out to withdraw and resort to heroin and die, which we've talked about on the show as well. So. This is a solvable issue, but the bigger issue is, are we addressing the social determinants of health? No, we spend all our money on the medical side, less on the social side. We need to reconsider that if we wanna actually affect outcomes. 
And we need to fix healthcare, make it 3.0 so that we are, we have health coaches who are looking at the entire person and their community and their support structure and the other, other things that will then ultimately down the line years later lead to longer life expectancy measurements because it, people say this isn't a contest, this is a life and death contest with the rest of the goddamn developed world and they can suck it because America is the best country on earth and we will win this shit, period. Am I wrong, Tom Heinenberg? No, you are, you are right. And I quote my man, Benny Man, which is his name, mm. who says, Doc, Freak. I love it. You keep it 100. You do. And then he said that the government doesn't care about uh, black people during the crack cocaine epidemic, but they care because now it's white people and they got hooked on opioids. That's true. And that's kind of true, I think. That is a talk of a whole nother show. And speaking of which, I may keep it 100 this year, but according to the life expectancy chart, I'm going to keep it 99.9 the next year. I don't know if Tom Heinerber, should we wrap this? Oh, call to action. Hit share. We are now a show on Facebook. Hit follow. There's a button on there that says Ooh, follow. It's dope. It's the new watch tab. So you can watch us like we're a real show, like we're on the TV. But it's not. It's your phone. Because we are so, a real show, Tom Heinerber. Well, you know. You know what I'm saying. You ain't even got to pay a cable bill or nothing. So there's no excuse. Net neutrality can suck it. We don't need you. We're going to neuter net neutrality and be a show and stuff. Z-Dog out! By the way, the last time, Z's totally right. The last time I tried to buy pills on the street, the guy tried to sell me like 250 pills. That's a lot. I was like, that's too many pills, man. But yeah, I'll take them. How much? I hate you so much, Tom Heineber. Really, I do. I hate you. I don't, I, but I love you. I love you too, Tom Hunter. I love you, Z. I love you too. How are you going to do me like that for the whole audience? I love you! Come on, man. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I wanna hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is, Financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.